Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The kids are okay. dog is going gray the house needs work but it's gonna be great someday yeah the kids are okay life gets busy around here halloween thanksgiving christmas June. Time for riding or changing gears. Life gets busy round here. There's no question we've got ourselves a handful. So little time for us. But we're never given more than we can handle. We've got this big, another one on the way. We'll figure it out, we always do. A few more Legos to walk through. A few more bills left overdue. We'll figure it out, we always there's no question we've got ourselves a handful so little time for us but we're never given more than we can handle we've got this big another one on the way sometimes i'm scared Got nothing squared away, and I'll never be ready. And everything we're holding out for looks so far away again, like my old jeans sleeping in on Sundays. But hold on tight, you know we're in. Take 
naked one check a bed time So baby just hold on tight There's no question We've got ourselves a handful So little time for us But we're never given more than we can handle We've got this big, another one on the way Hey, we've got this big, another one on the way Hey Goodbye Blue. Hi. Hello Gary. Thank you guys. Thank you for yeah. having us. That's the first performance ever on the Sharpie podcast. <laughs> cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this is great. Thank you guys for, for coming in. It's uh, Dan mm-hmm. Rao and Charlotte. Kendrick. Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Both of Goodbye Blue. So thank you so much for coming on. I've wanted to have you guys on now for a few months. I've been uh, fanboying your music ever since I first heard uh, your latest the album, uh, Worth the Wait. Um, the way it works is we I, I manage our Americana Folk Albums chart. And each week we get a list of albums that have come out, and we see them by category. And I saw that this album had come out, and it was, it was on the Folk Americana side. And uh, I, I listened to the first song, Another One on the Way, which you just did. Mm-hmm. thought it was really nice. Listen to the second song, uh, So Hard Anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, two in a row. Then I got to Worth the Wait, the title cut, and I was completely hooked. And I've been a little obsessed with you guys ever since. Oh, <laughs> Hope that's okay. That's okay. Glad to hear that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, thanks for, for coming on. I, I, it's an interesting story you guys have. You're a married couple. Mm-hmm. Got to ask about that. And just uh, the business side of being uh, an indie folk act in 2016 and, and – What's tough about that? What's rewarding about that? And uh, inherit from an act who, who lives that every day. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Uh, take me back to the beginning of how you guys, this was sort of a, a match-making musical match. Is that how you guys, mm. so you guys met, right? It wasn't, it, it was uh, It was through music education is how you guys right. uh, became a couple. Um, so I, um, after college, I joined the Peace Corps and I was there for two years. And while I was overseas in Africa, I kind of, worked out a couple things and decided that when I came back I'd want to pursue music and um, I sent an email to my high school music teacher and um, you know asked him some questions about how to go about you know making a living in New York and he pointed me in Dan's direction he said you should call my friend Dan Rao he's doing all sorts of things in the business and I'm sure he could help you out so Dan was my uh, first music business phone call and uh, (laughs) we went out to lunch became good friends and uh you know, 13 years later, we have uh, four albums together and three kids. So. <laughs> was it? Uh, it was totally musical connection at first. Love at first sight. What was what was the, the the early the early buzz between you two? Uh, it's definitely a personal connection mm-hmm. at first, but we both just sort of took that in stride and uh, and uh, became friends. And then um, I had a little project studio that I was making independent albums out of, and at one point, Charlotte. We were, you know, six months later, we, she was recording and some songs and, you know, unhappy with how they were turning out. And I said, Charlotte, why are you asking me to help you? You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, this, I do this all the time. And 
she was she was that was her way of asking me. Yeah, I didn't want to bother him. <laughs> I didn't want to bother him because he was in another band and they were releasing their album and I knew he was super busy. Yeah, that's right. I and was, uh, I just you know didn't want to burden him with. So I said, "That's ridiculous. Let's you know make your album." And uh, we started. We thought we were going to do five songs, and we and then it expanded. And so we started that in like January of two thousand. Three. Turn, 2003 three. yeah mm-hmm. and uh and then by we finished it in june by the time we finished it we were we were together <laughs> that quickly yeah. Yeah. during the process <laughs> yeah basically like three weeks before we finished we started dating and then we got engaged a year later and married a year after that nice yeah. oh congratulations Thanks. um were you both uh similar musically were you both doing this type of folk sound no mm. well you tell them you're I'd say we have different musical inspirations. Or we, I don't know. Dan's got lots of different inspirations. Um, but I was sort of the Indigo Girls, Joni Mitchell, Bonnie Raitt vein. Um, really wanted to follow in their footsteps, I, w- I guess. And uh, I would say our skill, our musical skills are, they complement each other very well. Um, uh, Dan sings incredible harmony, and I have a real hard time with harmony, for example. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Dan can't remember words. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Ever. And words are very easy for me. Lyrics are very easy for me to remember. So stuff like that kind of we fit together. Yeah, I think in uh, like the industry, I never knew this word, but Charlotte's kind of a top liner. Like she's uh, she sings lead, there's melody, she writes words, and and I am more the producer harmony. Right. Arranger, mm-hmm. yeah. So, all right. So you did your first album, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you said you've had four albums total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first three were in a pretty quick succession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was two thousand three. Um, it was a studio album. Then, in, then a year later, in two thousand four, we released a live album that we recorded here in New York um, at the Roger Smith Hotel, which is not like literally four blocks from here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in two thousand seven, we released another studio album. Um, and that, and during that time, it was sort of this progression of you know we just we made made this first first album, didn't know where it was going, and then we it started. We had some success. We were excited about it, and we decided to go on tour. And we, so right after we made that live album, we we did a hundred day tour around the country, and then so there was a four year period where we were really sort of pushing. It was both of our primary, you know, occupation, and we were really driving hard mm. um, for that four-year period, and, and then, you know, and then life happened, and um, Charlie got pregnant. <laughs> then, then you guys became the, the, the Frank Ocean of Then we of had to folk. be responsible. <laughs> waiting between albums, uh, Don Henley-type waiting yeah, between yeah. albums. So that's what happened. So life life happened, and that's really what this album, uh, Worth the Wait, is all about, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Were you still musicians on the side? Did you have no time at all? How much was music a part of your, a part uh, of your family life? Basically, if people asked us to play weddings or parties or festivals, we did them, but we weren't actively seeking gigs or booking tours. I mean, I guess we did one or a couple things after Alex was born, yeah. our daughter. And then and we didn't intend to stop. No. It just, we just slowly happened. And so at first we were just kind of playing defense and we would respond and go play and and then over time, that kind of, you know, if you're not actively pushing it, it sort of fades off. So Yeah, it's like life gets filled with so many priorities that if you don't actively prioritize what's really important to you that might not be viewed as necessary, that falls down the list 
every day, do you know, until finally it's just hard to fit it in. Right. So it wasn't even so much that you were missing it. It just it just wasn't even anywhere on your radar, at least in terms of priorities at that point. We, we did, I think we didn't realize we were missing it because we were, I mean, once the our, we had our first child, it was like, I mean, I, ended, I, I you know, went and had started another career um, to, you know, to pay for our right. life and our children. And Charlotte was 100%, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And that's just, it's, to <clears throat> all, it's all consuming. Mm-hmm. And we definitely were still musicians. I mean, we played and we'd mm-hmm. play some gigs and we'd play at home. and But, like, in terms of creative output, it was more like maintenance. We, mm. we, weren't, we weren't writing songs. We weren't actively recording it just didn't we just couldn't didn't have the sort of creative energy mm. so what happened that all of a sudden or was it all of a sudden after um, nine years suddenly well, we have the album and, and yeah, all these so works chronically two right? years ago we kind of had this like midlife crisis um where we just realized that for all intents and purposes things were good but we were missing this huge thing in our life that brought us together in the first place and originally, I had kind of figured, well, if I just devote 100% to my children, to our children, you know, I can't go wrong. Um, they'll know I love them and everything will be okay. And then it kind of became clear over time, like for me personally, that uh, maybe for our family, only having that as an outlet is not healthy. And the kids could probably use a break from me. I could use a break from them. And we could use a use time together just spent doing stuff that we love um yeah i mean we both independently needed the artistic outlet yeah. but then it also we have this we're almost blessed with this amazing situation where that artistic outlet is actually our time together right like if charlotte was going off to play with her band or i was going off to play like that would be a different equation but mm-hmm. this was like such a win-win right mm-hmm. we could we could create time to be Artistic and it's together, and then it's our—it's actually our like alone time to have mm-hmm. our relationship, as opposed to right. mm-hmm. where, where, you, where you have little kids, you're very much catering to, to their needs. And mm-hmm. so we um, had an information phone call with Pledge Music, and they were kind of running us through the process of how we would go about a pledge campaign. And um, by the end of the phone call, they were like, "Okay, so you'll have an album by April. This is November <laughs> of 2014. We'll release your album in April." And da, 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 da. so we hung up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta, I gotta write like." And I tend to be the one that overcommits us. Yeah, so I was like, "Yeah, all right, let's go." Yeah, so I was actually not really happy with the whole situation because I was just nervous and anxious that I, you know, hadn't written much in the last eight years and didn't know if I could. Um, so, but it turns out that I do really well with deadlines and like third parties telling me I need to deliver by a certain date. So, um, we ended up we writing eight songs or nine. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think we had at that point we had, there were two songs worth the wait was yeah. actually written three months after our daughter was born. So that like we had we've had that song. We actually oh, so we, that was written much earlier. Yeah, it was much, earlier much earlier, and and it wasn't about leaving music. But that mm. was kind of the, the nice um, you know poetic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> element, but mm-hmm. we and we had um, uh, six, six years, years as well. Um, but there was, I think, seven songs. Yeah, or maybe there were eight songs yeah. in the cut one. But so, how was it getting back into writing? I, I've heard uh, the Eagles said that when they reunited, they they didn't know if they could still yeah. write to get you take. They took fourteen years off. You guys didn't take that long, but that, that's a long break. A friend of mine said um, recommended this songwriting retreat in Maine, and. 
like we kind of discussed it and uh at first we thought you know our kids were i don't know five three and one or six four and two or something and it seemed out of the cards for that year and then uh dan came home one day he's like you gotta go you gotta go this summer so um so I cried <laughs> and then we tried to piece together the babysitting coverage and um, it was five days or something like that and uh, Katie Curtis she's a folk singer in the Boston area she right. ran it and um, you know I, I went not really knowing what to expect just hoping that um, my creative energy was still there somewhere and um, it was really fun I got to write a bunch of tunes I don't know if I kept many of them but just the act of writing and realizing oh it's still there you just need to make time for it yeah there's a big was, affirmation because yeah, it was just huge. like the, she had the bandwidth to not have to focus on anything else right, right? Yeah. Um, so that was great so I think that was the catalyst for writing more and feeling like this isn't this is actually possible and how do you write it you write the lyrics uh, Charlotte you both write the Charlotte's music. really the primary writer and she it's usually the, the songs are her creation, the be, at least the beginning of them. Sometimes most of them, and then she writes all the all the words, and and then I come in with the music and then the the arrangements and and at the the, yeah. the second part of the process. But I mean, you you hear on the record. I mean, it's a it is a it's a female voice. It's her voice. That's a, that's the lyrical you know element to it. A married couple working and writing together. <laughs> How's that? That must be totally smooth. That must be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, Dan's really tolerant and uh, helps me out in a zillion ways when I feel overwhelmed by managing the day-to-day of the house and then getting out and feeling like a professional. Um, I think we're just very, we're very different. I mean, we just have different skill sets, so... I don't. I don't. It's not so much tolerance as I believe in Charlotte. Not just because I'm her husband, but that's obviously a part of it. I want her to be sort of self-realized. But I just believe that she has an incredible talent, and I can help nurture that talent. And my perspective has always been, ever since we met. I mean, I used to sing lead and was I'm more of a type, I'm more type A than she is. So like in a lot of my life, I'm the one leading running things or leading yeah. in this situation what's always seemed to make sense is that that she like is to support her and mm. sort of work you know create this basis for her voice and uh and then that and in that that element kind of i think has worked and uh i also think it's kind of unique in music a lot of times you see duo we're not a duo where you're not you may hear me sing a song you know at some gig you know or cover or something or but like she's the lead singer and I'm the harmony singer. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. And and we've she would she would let me, if I said I need to sing a lead song, she would she would absolutely defer. Mm-hmm. But I think we both believe in the sound that we've created and we have our separate roles and that's not just true in our music, it's true you know, kind of in our right. life and the way we both think. So some of the lyrics uh, on the album, they're it's not all uh Positive in some ways. There's there's uh, some areas, uh, Charlotte, where you're talking about how really uh, I don't know if unfulfilling is, is the right word, but uh, I guess life could have been more fulfilling. Is what you you write about it? Really, it's a really 
honest album. I, I feel like I'm like sitting in your kitchen listening mm. as all the stuff is, is happening. I, you feel like you get to know you both when, when you listen mm -hmm. to this album and, and what a crazy family life it is. And mm. as you've said, how uh, there's that fine line with losing those parts of yourself that, that make you you mm -hmm. as you grow up and get more responsibilities and, and trying to get that back uh, on this album. Was it, was it tough writing any of these lyrics and being that honest? Well, I guess I, you know, I mean, life is tough, and there's a lot of negativity out in the world. So, you know, I I don't want people to come away from this album being like, oof, gosh, you know, like, that sounds depressing. I, I want them to feel like, oh, I can relate to those issues, and I feel better knowing there are other people out there who have the same issues. Um, and it is positive in a lot of yeah, ways. Even when no, you're talking about uh, some of the struggles, uh, right. the, the line, we got this, baby. It, right. It's, it, it's, it always has that, yeah. that ultimately um, positive outlook. I just listened to this podcast, uh, Krista Tippett on Bean, and she had Elizabeth Gilbert on, who did, wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Um, and one of the things she said was, you know, we put so much pressure on our passion to be exciting and you know inspirational all the time and really like so much the best stuff in life is 90% drudgery and 10% inspiration and I think that that can be applied to raising families and marriage and art and work in general and um, you, you know there is a ton of laundry and cooking that nobody eats and no sleep and all that stuff but that you know at the end of the day when there are these crazy beautiful moments that makes it all the much better you know and more worth it so um, I just didn't want to gloss over you know all that stuff because it's important I think feel like you have to have it in order to really feel these you know amazing moments with your kids and your husband and your music or whatever it is that you're making or doing so if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One of my favorite lyrics uh, on the album is, it's in the song, uh, Where Did I Go? Which mm -hmm. I know you're going to perform in, mm -hmm. in a little bit. Where uh, you're talking about uh, just the mundane activities of, mm -hmm. of a day, doing, doing laundry, doing dishes. Mm -hmm. And the line uh, directed towards you, Dan, when, when you come home. 
uh, the line is, uh, and when I try to tell you all about it, the words come out and even I get bored. I, yeah. I love that lyric. It's just, it's so, it's so honest. It's, it's cool. I know people say that. So mm-hmm. It's cool to hear it in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, again, like this list of priorities, you know, sometimes I'm like, I just want everything to be, you know, I'm one of those people that can't really be productive unless my complete environment is perfect which is a serious hazard when you live with three children. Um, Dan can, like, ignore all mess whatsoever and just, like, crush his list and just be super productive, and I, I can't. And, um, but what I find is that if I'm like, okay, well, I'll figure out a system for managing my life with my children and my family, and then I'll have all that organized so that I can focus on music – by the time I've done all that, there's no more time for music. It's time to pick up the kids, and you're off to, you know. Or, or energy, too. Yeah. It's creative energy. Right. right. Um, so I'm still struggling with that, but I kind of feel like um, now I feel like I'm leaning towards just the seasons of whether it's a writing season, performing season, just, you know, painting the bedroom. I don't know, but I can't do everything every day. Right. Um, and I don't think I – function well trying to do that anyways so um maybe that means that you know the next three months the house will be a disaster but that's totally fine if i can come out on the other side with something artistic that is worth listening to so. do you think writing this album helped help that therapy i suppose and make you realize oh, yeah. these things yeah more, definitely more directly um, I, I always feel that writing is my way of making sense of my life, which sounds super self-involved, and I like, apologize for that, yet at the same time I feel like um, we're all trying to make sense of our lives, so this is just how I do it. Other people read books, other people go for a run, um, but... Um, yeah, I, I would say that both of us have a, like, there's a different sense of kind of not to be cheesy but like there's an inner peace that we have now versus three Mm. years ago simply because we made that album and there's no way that we could keep up the energy that required to plan record make market the album like we couldn't do that all the time but that's okay because Mm -hmm. we'll be able to do that again when the right time comes Mm -hmm. and right now we have this thing that's out in the world that we can share and you know hopefully it'll have you know make us some money as well and we'll be successful from a commercial standpoint but that's that's not why we did it and i think we want to keep that relationship with the music is you know it's going to come when it's going to come and it's important for us to keep it in our life but it may not it's going to ebb and flow and that's just the reality are your kids good with mom and dad uh doing more music now are you playing around the house more has it changed yeah they yeah. are now yeah. I, I feel like a few years ago before this all started for the second time around we would play and our kids would kind of complain do you remember that actually i think they complained more when we started ramping it up because the frequency right. became much more i mean we were practicing and rehearsing and right um now they're pretty cool with it yeah now they've been to a few shows and think it's really funny yeah, we've, brought, we've been bringing them. We've been trying to figure out how do we tour with the kids. Right. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we've brought them to the shows and we bring them to the show and get a babysitter while we play. But um, but they, they sometimes they, I think it bothers them, but a lot of times they, you can see if in the presence of others, they're proud right. that we're on stage and yeah. are singing along and talking, you know, telling people that that's their parents. So. Yeah. Do they get a full uh, band performance for a lullaby every night? That, that's pretty cool. They don't realize how lucky they are. <laughs> <laughs> they get that. I sing to them. Yeah, Dan sings to them. <laughs> I've got one lullaby I do, I See the Moon, but I don't know if that's what that's called. 
Is that called I See the Moon? Yeah. So, solo music. <laughs> Your solo hit. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Charlotte, or, or uh, both of you, I, I've read you're both fans of Laurie McKenna, mm. folk yeah. singer. Um, you guys weren't at the Americana convention in Nashville. I was there Amazing. briefly. We were both supposed to be there, and then I got sick, unfortunately. Oh, so okay. I didn't actually see her play. We missed each other. Yeah. I, was, I was there. So you weren't at the panel where Laurie uh, spoke? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Tell she, us. She, she was at, uh, she, was, uh, she sang uh, Humble and Kind, a okay. big hit she wrote for Tim McGraw. Um, and it was all about songwriting. Mm. She said she wrote that song at her, uh, at her, uh, at just the, the dinner table mm-hmm. one day. She just had some time. Mm-hmm. Out came that song. Mm-hmm. A, a huge hit. Um, the interesting thing, uh, Radney Foster, a writer, was on the panel with her. Mm-hmm. And he talked about furniture mm-hmm. in songwriting, a term in songwriting, how you, you write maybe the basics of a song. Mm-hmm. But then as you go over it more, you add little details, uh-huh. uh, like in Humble and Kind, talking yeah. about uh, root beer and popsicle, these yeah. little, little images that stick yeah. in your head. And I, I feel like you guys and Charlotte, if, if you're writing lyrics, you, you do that a lot in your songwriting because it uh, there's so many details about, uh, I think you said before, ma- making a dinner that no one eats uh, mm-hmm. for the kids. All these little images that are just little mini stories in, in mm-hmm. every line. Is that something you think about? In your writing, or it just it just comes out. Uh, it's definitely something I think about. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, sometimes I'd say, you know, okay, so what are all the things I have a hard time with right now? Okay, it's dinner time, it's you know, bath time, or whatever, or homework, or. Um, but other times, I just find that the lyrics I are I'm drawn to give me pictures, you know, um, and I just want to, you know show more than tell like we learned in English class you know um so and there's sometimes when I'm just going about my day and you, you see something you're like oh this belongs in a song you know it just pick it, it sticks itself out at you so but I, I think there's definitely an, an effort to iterate and to to edit in both lyrically and musically in our songs I, I think it like there's a long time mm-hmm. ago Charlotte's brother is a writer a very good writer and and we're both close to them, and he sort of in, talked about this concept of bumping on something in, in your writing. And I think what we're very sensitive to is is something sounding trite or cheesy or not on or dishonest. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a long it, it, ta- it, it goes through you know many weeks of tweaking lyrics, and we but we also do it musically. I mean, I and I do it more mm-hmm. like we we want those songs to be polished creations that all sort of make sense together right. and Charlotte's very sensitive to not having something be th- without thought or mm-hmm. coming across as as just a placeholder mm-hmm. you know and, and I think we both have developed that over the years you guys want to do another song yeah. for the album? sure, sure. where did I go? I remember when I would call you, try to hide my butterflies. I held my breath and did my best to impress you, hung up and covered my eyes. Fast forward just a decade later, you're driving home and singing all the way. You hold your breath and ask me how my day was, never knowing what I might say. 
harmonies. Dan, we even heard you solo. <laughs> Happens once in a while. <laughs> do, uh, do people come, af- uh, come up to you guys after shows and talk about 
the lyrics, especially uh, in that song and some of the other songs of, of how much they may relate, because there's mm. so many specifics in, in that specific song you just did. Mm-hmm. Grown women cry. Often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, we played on Friday, and a couple came up to us after, and they're like, that, there isn't an album that could possibly pertain more to our life right now than your album, which is nice to hear. Is that still weird, even after maybe years of, of songwriting, to always realize that connection? Because these songs just pop into your head. You think they're yours, and then suddenly they're other people's. Um, it's great. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't. Maybe the most, re- I mean, it's a very rewarding part. Yeah. Um, I just think about when I'm around people that feel like they have it all together and everything's perfect and everything's great, I feel alienated. Yeah. And when I'm with someone who's just like, oh, I spent all day crying. And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> and suddenly I'm intrigued, right. and then I want to hear more. And they're like, oh, sometimes I'm sad about that too. Right. But it's all good. And I don't know. It just feels like. Perfect is born. Um, no one wants it. It's <laughs> probably an illusion anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so. that's the key. Um, as, as I was thinking, I, I, before I forgot the other question, where does the name Goodbye Blue come from? I don't think I've read that anywhere. <laughs> Um, we sort of tossed things around for a while, and um, we basically wanted a name that sort of si- sounded like our music. Um, I think of our music as kind of Sunday morning music as opposed to Saturday night. And um, Goodbye Blue just felt like it was uh, like mellowly happy. And it had a little bit of ambiguity about whether it's happy or sad, you yeah. know, like Goodbye Blue Sky or... Goodbye to the blues. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like it has this forward motion that felt like how we felt when we decided to make this record. Right. Like, hello to not the blues. Right. (laughs) To the happiness. Yeah, yeah, here comes a new phase, kind of. All right, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, business-wise, I think you're the first uh, indie folk Americana act I've had here on the podcast. And I go to a lot of shows, and... It's so evident that that's where the passion is uh, for for artists like yourselves. And then I think about the economic realities of that. So on the most most basic level, what is it like being independent musicians in 2016, ultimately wanting to make a living doing that? My day job is advising music companies, and that sort of turn that that's ha- that happens sort of post you know us getting married, and so I think a lot about it. And right, um, but that there's sort of that piece of it versus like what does it mean for us? And I think where we are in terms of the economics is yes, we would like to be commercially successful, but I, I think that's actually important to us that we are it's commercially viable at least in the long term because there's there's a legitimacy to that not so much about your ego but just like making it making it sustainable where mm-hmm. in our when I was younger and when we were first doing it it was all about like we're going to work Let's hard hang enough on. we're going to yeah we're going to we're going to we're going to basically operate at a loss until we make it right and there's there's a danger in that psychology and there's and it, now that now we can't do that mm-hmm. because of the realities of having kids and our life but even more important, artistically, it's a really bad way to be thinking about something. Like, I'm just going to do this as long as I can, and then I'm going to stop. Like, so we, we've tried to rid that from our kind of view. So at this point, in the last couple of years, we've invested you know, a, a meaningful amount of money to get back on our feet. But we think, like, next year, we're not, we're, we're not going to be paying for our kids' call. Well, hopefully we will, but that's because that's down the road. But we're not, we're not going to be paying for our mortgage yet from our music income, but 
we'd like it to be where it, it is a, in the positive direction, mm. but we want to do that with the right balance of main, main, doing it for the right reasons. And the reason we made this last record was for the music part of it. Mm. And when we set out to make it, it wasn't about can we get on the Billboard charts? Can we, mm -hmm. you know, can we sell lo lots of albums? Can we, you know, tour the world? It was about let's just make a great album that we're really proud of. And we want to try to maintain that. So I don't know if that answered your question. Mm. That was the kind of a... Well, I, I think there's probably a tendency for anyone who, growing up, wants to be a musician, uh, thinking, I'll become one of the biggest stars. And the percentages are obviously yeah. against anyone. So the reality for most artists is, is what you're saying. How can I still do the art I love? And, and if I have to support myself doing something else, can how can it be a part of my life in, yeah. in, in a meaningful way? I mean, the, the other element that's been playing into our calculation is I think there's also a danger artistically of just being too fixated on making it and being a rock star or being you know a celebrity and what you responded to in our music what a lot of people respond to is that it the reason it makes sense is because it's like it's like a married couple singing about this stuff and it's like if, right. if we didn't have kids or if I didn't have a day job or if we didn't have financial stress like the songs wouldn't be the same okay. so let's not let's not try to rid ourselves of all those sources of inspiration. I, I think someone said, you know, the way to be a great author is to live. I think that's true about songwriting and right. making music. Like, yes, we want to be commercially successful, but we also want to have other elements of our life that actually feed the songwriting, having children, having other lines of work, having other interests, having, mm. you know, I think that's important to creating art. Right. Plus, you have complete control artistically. Mm. There's right. no major label telling you uh, you have to do a dance remix of right. the song you right. just did, which, right. which probably wouldn't work. Right. Maybe, maybe no. it would. You'd, you'd find a way to do it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming. I'd love for you to uh, sing us out with the title cut, Worth the Wait. Sure. Um, one of my absolute favorite songs of the year. Oh, uh, thanks. Favorite songs in, in a long time. And you said you wrote this uh, a while back, right? Yeah, it was right yeah. after. It was, I think it was July or... June of 2008, Eight. right mm -hmm. after our daughter was born. I was just so happy to have written a song after giving birth. Yeah, you know? yeah. We actually mm -hmm. recorded it like a year after that. We yeah. started making an album and recorded five basic tracks, and then and then just got kind of lost. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was when we started thinking about making an album, and I, we kind of knew that it would call it, we'd call it. It just made so much sense to call it "Worth the Wait" and have this be the title track. This mm -hmm. was the first song that was literally written on the album. You know, it all sort of fell together. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely that double meaning. But um, yeah, this this song is the well, been around for a long time, mm -hmm. <laughs> although thank, no one heard it. Well, thank you guys for for coming on. Uh, "Worth the Wait" is uh, the song you're going to do. It's from the album, and, and overall, it's great to hear you're kind of heeding your own advice uh, advice about. Uh, taking things as they come and, and whatever's going to be is going to be that's that's a it's a pretty good lesson thanks cool. gary thanks for having Thank us thanks this is really support. fun one two one two three four carried you for 40 weeks actually Time flies, you're three months old 
It would be nice if I could fit into my clothes. Guess it takes a year, so they say. But you were worth the wait. Worth the wait. Oh, now it all seems so simple. We were made for your eyes and those dimples. You're half him, half me. Clear as a child can be. My heart's come clean. We were warned you'd change our tune. We love the life we led up until you. The water is so heavy, keeping you safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.